It's flat out RC podcast time. Welcome back to the podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis and drones. My name's Andrew Sill coming to you from the land down under in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you are and you'll never miss out on an upcoming episode. Every Wednesday is the plan. Still going strong. Still got interviews lined up. So we're still good for every week at the moment. So this week we've got a good guest, uh, a guy that I've had on my radar for a long time. Uh, David Gall is his name, a very well-known Australian aero modeler, as is his son, Aaron Bones Gall, who's already been on the podcast. We'll get him back again, though. Uh, but David's joining us um, to talk about his life in aero modeling and what a life it has been, and then also about the Festival of Aero Modeling that is coming up uh shortly as well so uh it's going to be a good episode so stay tuned but before we get to david let's have a look at what's been on my mind well before i get to what's on my mind just want to remind you a few things first of all we've got a special offer from hulk rc h-o-l-k-r-c uh kevin chislett there a specialist laser cut kit cutter that makes sense. Laser cut kit cutter. Uh, and he's offering 10% off any Zeroli or Custom Wings kits. A uh, whole bunch of different things. These are Warbirds, civilian planes. There's a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, he's even doing um, some jets and stuff now as well, um, which look awesome. So go and have a look at HulkRC, H-O-L-K-R-C.com.au. And to get the 10% discount, you've got to use the code FLATOUTRC10. That's Flat out RC10 for 10 at the end. All lowercase will do it, and you'll get 10% discount on Zeroli or Custom Wind kit, Kits. Big thank you to Kevin at Hulk RC, H O L K R C dot com today. You go and have a look. They're down here in Australia. See what they've got and get that 10% discount using the Flat Out RC10 code. Some really good events coming up, and we are going to talk about the Festival of Aero Modeling with uh, David Gull very shortly, but before that, we've got the Wang Jets event coming up, the big, big turbine uh, jet event that happens every year, the four-day event running from the 31st of March, March to the 3rd of April. Uh, I think that is correct. Yes, correct, 3rd of April. 31st of March to 3rd of April. I should know these dates because I've actually booked my accommodation to go to the Wang Jets event, so I'm going to be there, going to get the turbine back up in the air. It's been about a year, actually, since I've flown my turbine. Haven't been doing a lot of flying lately. Just too busy with life. But can't wait to get to the Wang Jets event. Now, uh, for anybody turning up, um, it's a four-day event at the Wangaratta Airport down here in Victoria. Uh, you can register online. You have to go to vja.teamapp.com and you'll be able to register, which I need to do. I have not registered yet. Uh there is an early bird special, I think, registered by the 25th of March to be eligible for major raffle and prizes. So you go into the draw to win some prizes when you register before the 25th of March. So I am going to register before the 25th of March, so hopefully I win a nice prize. Uh, good support from sponsors such as Boomer, Boomer RC, Desert Aircraft Australia, Dragon RC, King Tech, and Land Down Under. Uh Aerosports. So big thank you to all of them for helping support the Wang Jets event. So register online, vjaa.teamapp.com, 31st of March, 3rd of April. Be there. 
Of course, we've got the Festival Aero Modelling. We've got the Monty Tyrrell Scale Day down at Wangaratta, uh, not at Wangaratta, the Pakenham and Districts Aero Modellers Club. Uh, and that is on the 27th of March. So get on down to the Pakenham Club if you're in Victoria. If you're in Victoria and you fly model airplanes, you know where the Pakenham Club is. I don't need to tell you. So there is an event happening. And by the way, if anybody's got any events they want plugged, please send me a message. Go to flatoutrc.com.au. Go to the contact page and just fill it out and uh, all will be good. By the way, someone sent me an email this week and a big thank you to them for sending me an email saying that he was getting an, a, a, a spam warning or some sort of security warning when they went to the flatoutrc.com.au website. I can't get to the bottom of it, but I can tell you now, there's nothing untoward with that website. It's a very safe website because it's just got model airplane stuff on it. So uh, I don't know whether Google's playing funny buggers or something like that. But uh, anyway, I can tell you it's clean. Uh, so don't be afraid. I got uh, an interesting message as well from somebody, and I do appreciate getting messages. And I'm just going to try to bring it up because I did I did like it. Um a guy by the name of Dave sent me a message to tell me about uh, a club down here in Werribee, the Werribee um, Flying Club uh, down here in Victoria in Australia that is running Come Try Days for, to try to get into aero modelling. And he sent me this little photo saying, sold out. Well, it's fully booked, one of the two messages. And uh, I thought that was absolutely awesome to see. Uh, and, and I wrote back to him straight away and I said, how good is that? Uh, that here is a club that is, you know, doing some great stuff by trying to encourage people into the hobby and they're doing it through the Come Try Day, trying to get the juniors in. We had Sonia Ritter in last week talking about uh, getting kids into the uh, thing. That was one of my favorite podcasts, really, that, that discussion with Sonia because, as I said to her, it's one of the only sort of podcasts, forums, pieces of content that I've seen in the aero modeling sphere where um, someone's done a deep dive into looking at how to get kids involved in the hobby. And, and whether you're in the US, in the UK, in, in Kuwait, we've got a lot of listeners in Kuwait. We've all got the same problem with our children and getting them off screens and things like that, but it's a different era. So uh, if you haven't listened to it, go and have a listen to it. But uh, it's very good. But um, back to the Werribee situation, I'm just opening up the post now, waiting for my slow internet to catch up it was great to see and it's something that i encourage other clubs to do is run come try days organize a day um give them a bit of an introduction to the club to an introduction to aero modeling walk them through an airplane so they understand what's going on um here is the link here is the link uh put them on a simulator to get the, the, the fingers warmed up so they understand the controls and then get them up in the air uh have a fly fully booked werribee club well done have, have a fly. All recent families have been co contacted via mobile SMS. Um, okay, have a fly program uh, will. It's not written well, people. Have a fly program will use users as an introduction. The hobby. Okay, it's not written very well. We can help you out, um, guys. If you need me to rewrite write that, so it sort of makes sense, it'd be good. But basically, uh, they're using um, Hobby Zone, Aero Scout, and. Um, apprentices, e-flight apprentices and things like that to get people up in the air and give them a fly around and uh, get them get people uh, up and running. Need to be at least 10 years and older. That is absolutely awesome. Uh, so it's really good to see. Well done to the Werribee Club. You can give you a clap because I think that is awesome. And other clubs should look at doing similar things. Let's all help out 
and keep the hobby vibrant, get some new members in, get their money, helps pay for the fuel to cut the mower and run a come try day. And if you've got one coming up, again, get to the flatoutrc.com.au website, send me a message and I'll help support it because I just love supporting things like that. Guest time, my favorite part of the podcast, and I suppose it is yours as well. And this week we have David Gale joining me. And David, as I said earlier, I've wanted he's been on my radar for a long time and uh, managed to you know, have a few chats with him over the past few weeks about uh, the Festival Aero Modeling, which is he's heavily involved in helping to organize and doing a good job there. And thank you for that, David. But uh, David comes from you know one of the, the biggest aero modeling families in Australia. And if you're abroad, you probably uh, may have heard of the Gahl family, um, mainly through Aaron Gahl, who is one of Australia's best aerobatic pilots that uh, no doubt you're going to see him at the uh, Patton World Champs and we've seen him in Tucson competing at uh, IMAC and freestyle aerobatics events and things like that. Um, so a really good uh, pilot and a good guy as well, as is David. But uh, you won't meet a family that's more involved in aeromodelling than the Gahl family. They just absolutely love it. Uh, and so getting David on uh, was was really good because get to know him a bit more, get to share his story in aero modelling, and then hear about the festival of aero modelling as well. So over to my chat with the one and only, the guy from the north, originally from Melbourne, David Gahl. Well, this week we're heading north up to Queensland, visiting a household that seems to be surrounded by aero modelling, and the and the uh, the patriarch of that clan is David Gahl. David, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Thanks for the invitation. Well, we've got we've, we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, you and I, I think. Uh, but let's start where you started, and that is where did your journey in aero modelling begin? Um, I think um, my father had a uh, a plan for a slope saw uh, called a Susie Q that he he got back in the seventies, and um, and uh, I got that plan, and uh, we had a a thing to do at school. So I um, I I couldn't build that, but you know I, I I remember getting a couple of bits of ply. I think I was about uh, ten or eleven, and and putting together a um, a model, or you know what looked to be a model, and uh, put in the uh, local school fate. We had a display, mm-hmm. so you know that happened couple of weeks ago oh really no but you um you were born in victoria weren't you yeah we we um, grew up in sunbury um with uh mum and dad and um uh, what do you call it when i was pretty young uh, my parents separated and uh it was probably era modeling and the uh the friends of era modeling that that took a young kid and um, was surrounded by people that, you know, gave back, well, you know, gave to me and sort of um, had me in a, in a good course of uh, good friendship and, you know, keeping me off the streets. I think some I've heard later on in life is, um, you know, if you're doing model aeroplanes, you can't afford to be doing drugs and, and other bits and pieces. And, and for me, uh, when I look back now, um, you know, those friendships have been, the best thing to um, give me some sort of direction. And so, okay, so you build this little uh, plane and then how did things progress from there? Because, you know, there's a big jump from, 
building a little glider and then moving forward to um, you know flying radar control and all that. I pushed my father into um, taking us down he, behind Mallys. Then at somebody there was a, a group of people that would meet and um, you know do a bit of bit of flying. It was you know sort of pretty vague uh, from from that time, but. Um, I remember my father had someone that, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, did photography and their son had an old Futaba. So dad went around there and, and offered to buy their planes and, um, and you know, like everyone does, you know, you, we bought something secondhand and then he, he joined the local club, which was the Sunbury Club and, and uh, you know, that's where our journey started. Yeah. And so, you, so your first uh, sort of trainer plane was what? It was a little um, 15cc size, low wing um, trainer, purple people eater, I think we, we named it. Um, with those three planes that Dad purchased, um, you know, the club, Jim Brennan and Ron Erickson and a few others said, look, you know, that's not good enough for what you have to learn with. And um, you know, headed him in, headed him in a different direction. But for me, um, I wasn't allowed to learn how to fly until he could fly. Well, I didn't know it was going to take him three years. You know, so <laughs> it, um, I watched so many planes, and he was a shift worker. So you'd come home from school, and there was another crashed plane there. So a lot of that was because the old, the old, um, the old radio equipment and all that sort of stuff. And Dad wasn't too to very well um, hand-eye coordinated at that time. So it took me a fair few years and and then uh, by the time I got into it, it only took me a couple of weeks. So what, what, what era are we talking about here? Is this in the 70s or? Uh, it would late 77, 77, 78. Yeah, it was. Okay, so um, well and truly radio control era. Yeah, it was. We had the old Futaba and, um, you know, I've got, Aaron's collection of uh, transmitters. I've got one upstairs of, you know, what we actually, um, uh, what I had as a kid. But I can remember, you know, every time we wanted to go flying, if, you know, the club, the Sunbury Club was great for um, running competitions. So one month it would be a glider, next month uh, next month it would be a power competition. And um, then you'd go out and practice carry deck landing. But I had to take the three servos that I had and I had to be able to, take them out of that aircraft and put them into another aircraft. So if you ever went flying on a Saturday, you know, come Sunday, you needed a, you needed to go home and do a, a complete re-swap, you know, so. Yeah, it's just amazing when you think about it. Actually, somebody's mentioned that recently on one of the podcasts, how, you know, they used to swap servos out for between models because you didn't have multiple sets of models and now, like, it's changed a lot. Well, the worst thing was th this Futaba uh, set of servos we had, we only had four control horns so you had the old round one and a couple of square yeah, ones and yeah. there was no spare and you couldn't buy any more so you know it was uh there was no there was no 3d machines or anything of that time so you really had to preserve what you had and uh and reuse it the after that you know i'd been doing a fair bit of um flying uh, one moment that i remembered like dad had taken off and and uh he'd sold one of his planes to uh terry daff i think his name was anyway i got to about 16 17 and i thought I'd, I'll buy that plane anyway i uh i got it back you know family heirloom 
meant a fair bit to me, orange ugly stick, and uh, got it home and I'd done myself up an Austin Tasman. I sat in front of the I sat the plane down in front of my garage. I was only actually probably sixteen. Put it sat down in front of the garage, opened up Mum's big tilted door. I thought I'd better move the car out. So anyway, hop in the car, back back straight oh, over the plane. No, it was brilliant. Oh so. gee. Now, but when you, back in those days, so in your teenage years, did you just live and breathe model planes, or were you doing other things? As oh, well? look, I um, you know, I can remember going to school and and uh, my best mate still today after forty five years is a chap and Bruce Burns, and uh, he lived on the way uh, across from Mallies and and on the way to school, and I think. Um, there was never a day I didn't call in, call into his place. Uh, he was a um, a pilot for Ansett, so he had and you know pretty senior up, so he could have sort of choose the the um, the weeks he was going to work and wasn't going to work. And for me, it just seemed like that was my second home. I was there all the time, yeah. just uh, you know lived it, breathed it, and um, and I was very lucky because you know I had all these blokes like uh, that I mentioned before that would pick me up and take me out in the field. And, you know, I had I was pretty lucky too. I had a couple of mates that were all part of the Sunbury Club, uh, all the same age as me, and, and you know, we just all enjoyed it. You know, and There was nothing we didn't do. Did you ever take a break from it, like after, you know, once you turned 18 and, like, you know, I always say, get interested in girls and cars, or uh, did, was it always there? Uh, it's always been there. I think, um, you know, from... When I was 16, you know, I, I did a lot of competitive glider flying with, you know, the names of Ralph Learmonth and Rob Benton and, and you know, some other, other greats and, you know, the O'Reilly's. Um, and we travelled around and, and um, you know, did Geraldry and uh, Horsham Nats and, and so many uh, competitions like that. So um, I was also very close to... Um, Peter Orchard and Robin and Charlie Vella that that were a big part of Orchard's hobbies, and uh, they took me un- under their wing as a um, as one of their own kids, and so everyone I associated with, all my friends, everyone did model airplanes. It was uh, it um, yeah, it was just, and it's never changed. You know, depending on you know which state we were living in, we always. We always had a had a plane, and you know whether we moved to Tasmania or or Redonga or or Brisbane. Um, yeah, it just it's always been part of our life. Well, Willie, now and we fast forward to today, and you know the Gal name is is a well known name across Australia as far as aero modelling goes, and. Let's just say you don't have one or two planes, do you? You've got a few more than a couple of planes sitting in your shed now, don't you? We um, we most certainly do have a few planes. I think it's probably more uh, probably my fault because of um, getting my son into it and enjoying it. We um, we and we we were never always always that way, you know. I've still got my original Segita from uh, that I that I gave to a friend. Um, that I flew in the 82 Nats. Um, so I've always kept every plane. I, you know, I've, probably the common statement is, you know, I give planes away to people. I don't care if they crash them, as long as I don't sell them. 
and um, and if they don't want them, you know, just give them back. So um, that philosophy has um, has carried on, and then you know, Aaron's gone a bit wild with that side. But um, you know, from besides, you know, getting the planes, you know, I'm pretty I'm pretty lucky because of the um, my family and the support that we all that we all give each other, and you know, I. I you know, I think there's a, a bit there to to go on with. Like you, you see some parents try and push their kids into into flying. You know, as as a parent, we all want our we all want our kids to go and um, and fly. Or, but the difference that I that I probably went with Aaron was I never ever um, never put a plane in the in the car. I never never did everything. I, I got somebody else to teach him and and I think all of that stuff has has helped him and, and it also has helped me. So that's um that's where all the planes keep coming because you know he uh he enjoys that bit so much. Yeah well Aaron Gale, your son is um you know a major force in, in the flying scene as well, especially in that aerobatic um sort of competitive field he's you know You'd probably say he's number one in Australia and has been for a long time in all that, you know, IMAC and even the pattern flying that he's doing a lot of now as well. So very, very talented pilot and, yeah, very passionate as well. You know, do you think your life would be different without model flying in, in, in your life as a, you know, at the level that it's at? Yeah, definitely, definitely be different. I think um, for me I was, you know, my love of model aeroplanes was, was gliding. And you know we would compete pretty heavily in Victoria for that. When we moved up to Queensland, you know, 32 years ago, there was no gliding events. So, and you know, you just couldn't go down to a local competition like the the competitions that were held around in in Victoria. Um, it to to come up here and and um, and find there was just very little, if if any. Uh, competitions it was a bit of a, a shock to the system so I joined the uh, local club and I worked every weekend so you know you could only go out um, during the week and I would just fly um, you know just ugly sticks and and uh, bits and pieces like that later on I think uh, probably about 15 years ago I, was, I got my first ever big um, quarter s- uh, scale which was a, uh, a Focke-Wulf and I, uh, I purchased that from a chap by the name of um, Bob Crosland. And um, I I took that thing everywhere. It had an old G62 in it. And uh, and I still, uh, I gained, um, later on, I, I gave that away uh, to a friend, Chris Lawn, who was, um, who had a bit of bad luck with a, with a couple of them. And anyway, he was going to repaint it, keep it for himself. Um, but Aaron got that back into the household a couple of years ago because Chris has moved on to something else. So, but we'll get that we'll get that going again. So, I, it was probably about fifteen years ago that we started getting into the bigger stuff, and um, and the Warbirds Association. Yeah, because you know, Aaron mentioned to him when I interviewed him uh, a couple of years ago now, I think um, that you do love your Warbirds. Uh, I think what I enjoy, I don't know what planes are called. A bit silly. You know, you know, everybody knows a carbon and a Focke-Wulf and I'm not into all, I've never been into any of that. I, I love the fact of getting a plane, um, taking it off and from that moment you don't think about anything else. 
and uh, for me, I, I think my um, my forte is um, to be able to fly a plane scale. Um, and, you know, that's where, you know, once we got into that warbird scene, um, I enjoyed that, you know, had a big uh, four metre, still got that, Aaron brought that one back again too. Um, I've got a big, from the same chap, Bob Crosland, a big four metre um, Cessna 172. Mm. And um, this thing, I think the paperwork said it weighed 24.99 kilos. <laughs> it's got a, a, G, a G62 in it. And I remember an old buck coming up to me at Tingalpa and he was about 82 and he said to me, he said, you know, I used to uh, fly one of those. He said, I've never, ever seen a plane like that before. He said, not only did it sound like a, a, um, a Cessna, he said, it taxied like it. And he said, and it flew exactly the same. So that was a, a bit of a bit of a... Uh, a nice feeling for me. I love the uh, the scale Cessnas because I think that that yeah they can look really really scale. It, like I love taking photos of Cessnas because you can't take a bad a bad photo of one, and um, especially the big big ones. I love the big ones too. But um, my wife reckons they're nothing planes, so um, which is a bit of a hard one because you know flying around the Cessna with full flap. And I remember uh, I remember one time we were asked to go up to Tagulawa. And um, not knowing what the field like, they had it was at the full size uh, airstrip. We rock up there, and they've got this little model aircraft paddock. And um, anyway, I was asked to take the the Cessna off, and the only uh, the only way out on the takeoff was you either had to go under the power lines or over the top of the power lines. And uh, there was no way no I could get over the top of the power lines. So. It um, it was a bit of a, a thrilling, um, a thrilling memory of doing that with that thing. Yeah. So it's interesting how you know you were really into gliding, but then you know I know you also as an IMAC competitor in aerobatics. How did that come into your sort of realm? Um, I think we uh, we built the um, we had spent a lot of time out of the the Grattan field. Um, you know, as a family, so we, we helped build that. And one weekend we had um, a chap by the Steve Arnett, I think it was, and um, he was out there with a, a young chap by the name of Adam Argus. And and um, at the end of the weekend, somehow Steve Arnett had offered Aaron a um, an extra, an extreme flight extra, I think it was. Um, and uh, he gave it to him. It had a, a DA uh, one hundred in it. And um, anyway, I thought, you know, um, what's happening here? Uh, Chris Brislin was a member out of that out of the field as well. Um, Aaron um, worked every weekend. I said to Aaron, whatever whatever gear he had in it. Um, you've got to make sure that you save up and get the the same gear. So you know, to his credit, he um, he got himself a a power box unit to go inside this in this uh, in this thing, and and that was the start of his iMac um, iMac side. So for me, I went along um, to support him in that. I don't think I don't think I flew 
uh, any iMac um, in the competition level until uh, probably about two years that, that he was into it, you know. So, I, and it was really just to support, uh, support um, you know, all the local clubs and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it was a pretty good scene and still is. Yeah, that IMAC, IMAC scene up in Queensland's doing a really good job and um, Victoria, it's really booming at the moment. There's a new breed of iMacers that have come into it, which is um, really good to see. So the numbers are reasonably healthy down here compared to where they were maybe even five years ago. So um, things are doing well. Are you still competing in iMac at all or uh, moved on to other things? Um, uh, not not really. We've been, we've been pretty, pretty busy um, doing just all sorts of flying. Uh, you know, at the moment it's, it's the, the pattern side, but, you know, in each of the, um, in each of the iMac, it was really, for me, it was more about fun. You know, I, I, um, I would, I don't mind being the biggest idiot on the crowd as long as everybody gets to, um, have a bit of a laugh and, you know, if, if they have a laugh at my expense, well, then I've, I've done well. So um, I would, I would never ever took it um, seriously, and, and I think that's probably didn't help the uh, the IMAX scene that that I was I was with. But you know, it's definitely how I uh, I probably still um, perceive it. We IMAX's taken us everywhere, you know. It, to go to go back a fair bit, you know, like taking us to Tucson. I used to work in the uh, the duty free uh, shop in the in the Brisbane Mall, and um, every American I ever met was uh, wasn't the nicest people. You know, Canadians were brilliant, but Americans that rocked into the duty free shop were not not nice nice people. So when we were uh, we were first offered to go over to to Tucson, I said, "Well, no, no, we're not going." You know, um, and the main reason was because of the experience. I thought everyone was like that, but a few years later, we um, uh, the following year we were offer the opportunity to go and um from the minute we rocked into america it was the most beautiful experience ever it um and you know to think that um steve arnett giving aaron that that model to a to a couple of years later we rocked into into la and um hired ourselves a big big rv and uh Took the RV up to Vegas, as you do if you if you go to America, you go to Vegas, and then um, about two weeks later, we rocked up at um, Tucson, Arizona, in the um, in the RV. Yeah, be a good trip. There's something special about travelling for your hobby, I reckon. And the people that you meet and the the friendships you make can be really uh, long lasting friendships. And Aaron was recently over there, wasn't he? He had a bit of a quick trip over to the US, to have a bit of fun. Yeah, he went over there just to um, really just spend a weekend with um, with some mates. I think um, the uh, the biggest part for I suppose for Aaron is um, all of his mates that are the same age. Uh, you know, all happen to live in America. So, you know, as you do when you're going around to your mates' place, you've got to hop on a plane and and fly thirty five hours or something mm-hmm. to get there. But but um, you know that's he's uh, probably no different to me when we were younger. When you when you're flying model airplanes, you are a little bit different to to everybody else. I don't think there's too many people that go out sprouting that you know they fly model airplanes. You know, it's um, it was always probably thought about by many other people that you know you just 
playing with toys. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, for me, the best um, best parts have been, you know, going overseas and, and some of the people we've met. Yeah, it definitely makes it, I think. Now, the other thing you're very well known for is your building. Um, that, uh, you know, recently online on Facebook, we've been seeing a whole bunch of different models that you've been building. And, and I've enjoyed watching the videos uh, that you've done of, you know, just tips and tricks. Uh, it's actually a really good way to sit back and learn when someone like yourself goes and just talks about what you're doing. And I actually felt really motivated to go and build something. My problem is I don't have a shed like you've got uh, to build in. But, um, you know, building, of course, has been a big passion for yours. Has it always been a big passion? I think um, uh, from from a young kid, I would uh, get the plans out of RCM and sit there on the back of the old Suzy Q plan uh, with a ruler and I would scale up every single part. And I remember making myself a, a cadet two-metre glider um, and... Uh, I, you know, I would, I would scour the bins and um, and whatever scrap bolster everyone was um, was throwing away, and you know I could use all those pieces and and I would I would make a glider or you know I remember making that cadet um, just out of scraps, and uh, that was probably uh, one of my first ones that I ever I ever scratched um, scratch built. I think um, there's been a I'm nowhere near. I, I was very lucky to hang around people like uh, Jim Brennan uh, when I was 15, 16. Um, I put together a uh, a space shuttle, and uh, we 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 took that to the um, uh, Futaba Trophy, and um, I had a Matlas um, 40 that I made a cradle and and uh, put it on there. And anyway, we um, we. Tried that. We did that at the Futaba Trophy for the novelty event. Um, we uh, then, uh, through Jim Brennan's efforts and uh, a couple of others at the Sunbury Club, uh, we built uh, it was about a thirteen foot um, seven four seven. Uh, Orchards Hobbies um, sponsored the um, the motors for it, and a fair few others, you know, um, sponsored uh, bits and pieces for it. And the Sunbury Club also uh, ran a few raffles to get a donation. So I was involved with that build to an extent with um, with Jim Brennan and, and Ron Erickson's garage. Um, and, you know, from there, um, later on in life, you know, we, we built a fair few gliders and, and other bits and pieces, but I really didn't do too much more until uh, later on in our life. Um, most of the models, I didn't have a... Um, a tendency to sort of crash any stay. So I could make an, uh, an ugly stick last a fair few years, you know. So um, the building side had not been um, too much for myself, but I definitely hung around with a lot of people that, that that had the art. And I think, you know, Jim Brennan was one of the best in Australia uh, for building. Yeah. Well, now one of the projects that you've got on the go is an amazing project as far as I'm concerned, which is a massive aeroplane. And it's a it's a Vulcan. It's going to be a turbine, and it's just, tell us a bit about that project. Give just give people a bit of a synopsis on what that project is all about. Well, um, I think uh, I've always um, loved that style of aircraft, down it, and you know, keep on going back in my in my memory. But Ian Carter from was another member who his son actually 
has the um, the museum at Kabulcha. Um, he has the original seven four seven in the in the shed down in uh, in Bendigo. Now his father um, built this slope saura that looks so much similar to uh, the Vulcan from what I remember from the old Super Eight movies and and seeing that with the big roundels on it, it's always just been a part of um, something I've I've liked. So you know it was Aaron's um, Aaron's wisdom to order this uh, this planning uh, from overseas and um, of the Vulcan. And, uh, you know, we always, I'd seen a few videos of the six metre one by David Johnson in, in England and um, through the help of YouTube, you know, watched a few flights and, and uh, that's where that was, that was sort of born. We, um, it, you know, it was really a bit of a dream, but, um, you know, through Aaron's help, and uh, and also the meeting of um, Paul Sagadak and another chap by the name of Daniel Wheeler, who have um, uh, you know Daniel first you know outlined all of the um, of the plan. Um, we got it scanned in. Uh, Daniel outlined all of the plan and then um, sent the files down to Paul Sagadak, who uh, Paul's about seventy three. You'd think he's about sixty, and uh, you know pretty au fait with AutoCAD. Um, he actually also um, scratch built the first uh, the first ever turbine in Australia, oh, yeah. and um, so for his support, you know, when we showed him the plan of the um, of the Vulcan, he said, "Yep, no worries," and um, and that's when it that's when it started. So you know, there was a fair few other people that were involved uh, in it to get it to the stage where it is where it is now, and it's a big learning curve. It's a, the biggest thing that uh, that we've made, you know, such, and um, we're we're making it, we're making the plug at the moment. So, um, the 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 goal is to be able to, you know, get out two uh, fiberglass um, shells, and uh, we because we don't want to, you know, overdo overdo the molds. I think the the biggest problem is where to store them. Um, you know, I know somebody owns a, a shed business, so it's not hard, it's not hard to get another shed to put it in. But it, you know, it's going to be a big wasted space. So our idea is that um, once the the plug is finished, we would paint it up, donate it to either a museum or, if anything, we'd just put it out the front under a carport and um, and leave it on display. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better to walk down your driveway and find a big Vulcan bomber, bomber sitting at the end of the drive. So <laughs> that's true. Now, give us. Um, and there's not many blokes. Sorry, not many blokes that have got a wife that have let them do it either. So yeah, I know you're lucky in that regard. Now, no, it's the best. Tell us about the uh, the dimensions of that plane, just to give people a bit of context. Uh, say that again. Uh, give us the dimensions of the plane of that Vulcan. Uh, so um, we scaled it up off the plane uh, to be uh, about. Uh, six meters. I think it was um, uh, uh, one fifth. So um, they'd gone through doing all the scaling up, and Daniel was given this plan that you know I think Aaron said it's one fifth, and you know just scale it up. Um, the there was a couple of problems. Um, the first part was um, on the plan because it's been copied so many times before we we got it. It actually had a uh, a big um, uh, what do you call it, bow in the fuselage, 
So um, poor Dan's, you know, copied it all out exactly as per the plan. But, you know, um, anyway, we thought it all end up at about six metres. So it's actually worked out at 6.3 metres and about 6.3 metres long as well. How are you going to transport so, that? Uh, well, it'll currently, it'll fit in our big trailer. So um, we've worked it out that with the the wheels on, so because it's so uh, so wide, it's about 1.7 metres wide, um, It we need 16 uh, wheels for it. So the... The, the way the, uh, the, the main undercarriage legs uh, will be, we're going to have them um, built and connected to the fuselage, um, even though the way it's sort of all designed, you know, the wings, uh, the wheels pop up inside the wings, um, we will have them always connected to the fuselage, which um, the, the back door of the trailer gives me 2,200 uh, to get in. So I, I end up getting it in the back with about 50 mil spare. Yeah. Having said that, we do have a spare uh, fifth wheel, a trailer that would have no problem putting that in as well. So um, it's not really going to be an issue for transporting. Yeah. And uh, what's the power plant going to be? Uh, we've got two KingTech um, 320s uh, that, um, uh, what do you call it, will we'll go in there. The one in England has um, four 140s, we believe. And, and it's about 20 years old. It's been flying for. So with our experience of turbines, uh, we sort of think um, the less you have to deal with, uh, the better. So, you know, it was probably mine and Aaron's choice that we just go with two. Not that there's that there'd be any um, problem having four, but um, it's probably less, um, less room for error with the two. Yeah, I think so. And um, what scheme? I think, look, again, um, it'll – my my mate Bruce, he he wanted – well, he'd suggested the all-white one. I'm going to go 50-50. They did one where it was the the bottom is all-white and the top is camouflage. So I'll get a a um, 50-50 there. So we're um, we're just going through the uh, the filling at the moment and – and, you know, just bogging it all up, which is uh, something that takes a lot of time. And, you know, Paul's just amazing with that. Yeah, it is a um, – it looks like a very time-consuming project and, and also a bit of a team effort as well because every time I've watched the videos of uh, – the build videos, there's always uh, multiple people there, all hands on deck kind of thing, slowly working through through it. So um... um, we've, usually, we've usually only been uh, three of us. So Aaron's usually out practising – uh, on his weekends, and my um, mate Bruce, who um, uh, lives at Tinkham Bay, uh, he he drives down the three hours um, most Fridays, or you know every second or third weekend, uh, just to come out and spend a, a time with us on a on a Saturday. So we usually uh, usually start there about eight thirty nine o'clock, depending on on the uh, the weather, and we've by the time we we sit and have smoke o and um, then we you know, get fish and chips in for lunch at, you know, two o'clock we're going. So we're probably doing about four hours worth of work <laughs> a week. But, you know, Paul, he's been putting in, you know, so much more time. He's got so many other projects. But, you know, what he's been doing for me is is truly, truly amazing what, what that bloke um, has done and the amount of moulds and other bits and pieces uh, is just is mind-blowing, you know. Um, 
that's uh, as far as the group effort. It's it's usually only been about three of us. I usually take my little mate Pete out there to sort of pick on, um, but um, it's it's been a great effort. You know, I, I couldn't we wouldn't be so far down the track if it wasn't for the, all those people that have given. And there's a lot of people that want to come. And the problem I have with that is it's um, you know it's Paul's private um, residence, so you know we we try to keep it sort of low key. Um, and uh, be mindful of all that. You know, the more people, it would be really good. But um, when do you reckon it'll be flying? I think uh, the bit we were we were going great guns. I think the problem we have is next weekend we're uh, well, we just had the floods. We had COVID, and then um, next weekend, we're, apparently this Friday, we're driving off to to Albury for the um, some oh, pattern mm-hmm. pattern thing that that we've got to go and compete in. And um, so I, I was hoping to get it down, you know, or, or having the plug down at Casino. Um, but, uh, you know, we're running out, of, running out of time, you know, and um, the, the doing the, um, the bogging up all over the, over the shell is the bit that's taking a fair bit of time. Mm. Just, just to get it all, just get it all right. We're lucky that you know, um, the full size never had all the rivet holes and all those bits and pieces. But you know, um, we've been scaling it up out of a one seventy second uh, model. So you know, anytime we're not sure, we just go and have a look at this this uh, little AFX kit um, and uh, and scale it up. So, um, I th- you know, I I'm hoping. I I always said the fourteenth. So I reckon um, it'll be it'll be flying by the fourteenth. Fourteenth of that's a good Whenever. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was December. It was December last last fourteenth of last December. But no, um, that's no, it wasn't going to happen. But uh, you know, like I think um, I think once the the plug and the the fencing, and I've never been involved in that. When we did the jumbo, you know, it was just a foam foam fuse that had the had all of the um, the cloth over the outside and then finished up. And but this is this is different, you know. We're we're making uh, we're making a um, making the plug and, and getting that right. Then to go and fence it all up and and we've been uh, Jason Sagadak, who lives in Yarrawonga, um, Paul's son. Um, he does a lot of um, you know molding and and that sort of stuff. So he's put. Uh, Paul and I onto this um, infusion molding. Have you ever seen that? No, but I've heard something similar. Is that where you inf- um, infuse epoxy or something, or through the yeah? Um, if you look on YouTube, look on YouTube. Um, the way they do it is is pretty cool. But um, got a young um, iMac uh, friend, Huggy, um, uh, Steve, Steve. Um, Anyway, he was Steve, down in Melbourne. Stephen Greg. Oh. Greg or Greg? Greg, uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, Stephen Greg. He um he was on some America's Cup uh, racing team and and um he said to me about the infusion. He said it can it can work really well, but it can go really really bad. So um uh, we've got Jason that'll fly up from Melbourne to give us a hand when we get to that when we get that stage, but apparently we have to get, you know, um, 400 litres of um, 
fiberglass mm-hmm. resin and and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, no, that's yeah, it's a, a lot of such a big plane, and then of course. Doing the fit out's going to take a bit of time as well. Paint, of course. I don't. I don't think so. I've seen Bones put put one of those, you know, one of those um, extras together from Extreme Flight, and you know, it's about four hours. So mm. I reckon with the Vulcan, he's going to have a lot more space to be able to fit the gear. Yeah, so, the gearing might be a problem. Yeah, that's true. I think there's going to be heaps of space. Yeah. Yeah, no, you'd be able to sit in the thing almost. The biggest thing is at the moment is. Um, is how we how we do the the, the spars um, and and how we how we join it together. I've I've had a look at the the one in uh, in England and it's it's all just done with. I think it, it all looks about thirty mil um, aluminium tube. You had three of those. When you watch one of the videos of it flying around with the camera on the wing, um, you know there's a fair bit of flex in there. So I um, I think. Um, Paul has a fair bit to do with a few of the full size out at um, Ambly. So we're just going to, um, whatever Paul suggests, that's the way we'll go. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's a different different kettle of fish when you're getting that big, isn't it? About, um, you know, And the flying weight's going to be up there as well. What do, you, what do you estimate the weight to be, the flying weight? Well, we've got to keep it under 150. And I think, um, you know, that's going to, it's just an unknown. You know, we've... Um, We've worked out with the sums of all what we need to put in it. You know, I, I think it, the wheels are the, the were the worst ones because they were half a kilo a wheel, yeah, and true. and you need or you know four hundred grams depending on the on the size. Um, so it depends on how we can get them machined up. I was going to buy the um, scale. I think they're called scale tronics out of America from not Sullivan, but one of those ones. And um, they are about half a kilo wheel and, you know, we need 18 of them. So, you know, there's nine kilos in that. And the, the undercarriage that, um, that Kevin Sagadak has been putting together, you know, could, there could be, you know, maybe another 20 kilos just in that. So I think uh, we've just got to be, conscious of the the weight once we start laying up the uh the inside of the the molds that's true now okay let's move on i want to talk about an upcoming event that's happening um oh, when is it uh i think 28th 28th of april, of april to the 2nd of may yeah 28th of april the 2nd of may and it's called the festival of aero modeling and uh, look, tell us a bit about it. Give us a bit of a synopsis of what, what the event is all about. Uh, it's really for, um, I, I suppose, the uh, the visions come from seeing some of the videos of uh, a place called Joe Nor, uh in America. Um, we, um, uh, Aaron's been over there and, and all I've seen is is the videos of Joe Nall. So I think uh, usually from what they say, there's about uh, 2,000 to 3,000 pilots that, that all go to this place for uh, for five days of, um, of error modelling. Uh, I think they've got at that particular site, they've got seven seven flying fields, they've got lakes and I think, you know, they fly from, from um, five in the morning till uh, I think they cut it off at midnight. So um, that's where uh, the probably the idea has uh, has come from. Um, we we had an event last year at um, at Tincan Bay, which was pretty successful on the on the size. But because we're taking a, a, this airport um, 
it's got the ability to have, you know, three flying areas and, um, and to open it up and to get everyone, um, no matter what you fly, uh, it's sort of like um, you know going to a nationals, but it's all on the it's all on the one flight line, and everyone can sit back and enjoy um, other other aero modelers and what they do, and and hopefully spark a bit of interest for everyone. With you know whether whether you're um, watching people fly old timers or gliders or or glider towing, it's really about you know you come along, um, you set up camp, and uh, and fly. Uh, for the week or, or, you know, bring the family up and let them go out and do some wineries and you go and do a bit, bit of flying. So if that really sort of puts it in a bit of a nutshell, I think the, um, the biggest uh, concern is we don't want it also to be a free-for-all. So, you know, um, if you're flying, we're, we're trying to make sure that the, the larger scale and the jets are at one end. Uh, the other end is, you know, anything under 80 inch, um, and and more of 3D, but we would really um, put it to each of the pilots that you know they they'd be mindful of everybody else. Um, communication will be the biggest thing that they all stand each uh, stand next to each other and communicate. You know um, their manoeuvres that they're going to do. Um, no different to what you do at your normal at your normal club, but you know on a bigger scale. Yep. So it's being held at the Casino Model Aero Club, which happens to be at the Casino Airport, correct? That's correct, yeah. Okay, Casino is northern New South Wales, inland from Byron Bay, from Ballina, Byron Bay area. Yeah, about two hours um, south of um, of Brisbane, two and a half hours. And uh, I think I think I worked there, it's about seven hours from Sydney, six, seven hours. I, I know there's uh, people coming over from Perth um, and, um, and there's a, a fair few coming up from Melbourne, I think. I think the um, everyone should use it, you know, to get their wives and other partners to come because you know the Gold Coast is only two hours away, so you know they might have to put up with um, with a bit of flying for for a few days. But a few days later, they can all head to um, the Gold Coast, and if they need somewhere to leave their trailers, they can leave them at my place. Sounds like a good plan. Now, the, the Casino Airport, you're going to have what three flight lines along the runway? Uh, there'll be uh, three flight areas, so uh, we've got two two flight lines um, and uh, the far end, they'll do the glider towing and fly the gliders off to the um, uh, probably to the West, uh, but be able to, you know, join the circuit to come in and, and do a landing um, in that second flight line. Is it asphalt runway? It's a, an actual runway, but we've also got the grass strip, um, you know, um, before the runway. So it can be, it can be set up either way. Okay, good. So, you know, we can always, we, you know, depending on the amount of people that come and what's, what sort of models that are flown. So, and if we have to step everybody back so that they can use the grass strip and we do that for three or four hours, then so be it. Yeah, okay. So it's a fun fly event, no competition really, is there? Any competition? No. No, just a fun fly event? No, no, no competition. And it's really, we've reached out to most of the uh, suppliers of through the model aviation industry in Australia to um, to come and show their wares, you know, whether it be pattern planes or pylon planes or or um, you know uh, radio equipment and all that. We've we're setting up a big marquee for for those um, resellers to um, to come and show their wares and and show everyone what's available. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. 
Now, there's some other um, good aspects of this. Now, first of all, accommodation. Um, how does that work? Caravan Park is uh, is right next door. Um, last year, they uh, the New South Wales group had an event there and um, had a fair bit of uh, problem with um, fixing up the track and that after the event. So we made the decision to have everybody um, camp at the caravan park, which is next door, and we've got uh, direct access through the um, through the end of the runway straight into the caravan park. And the best thing then is, you know, all the facilities and everything are at the caravan park for everyone. Yeah, I'm just looking at the map now, and that makes a lot of sense because there's this big, a big four caravan park right next door, literally right next door across the um, thing. And dog friendly. Dog friendly, but not the airport. Do- no, the, dog uh, friendly. So you can bring your uh, if you if you've got your um, companion dog, or you know. Your rock wheeler that you take with you everywhere. Well, um, the caravan park's dog friendly. Yeah, that's a good idea. So there's a nice big run right there. I'm just having a look at a map now. Uh, so- it's about one point. I think it's one point three or one point six kilometres. And the uh, at the moment, um, well, before that event, all the trees will be chopped down on the uh, on the um, I think it's the eastern side of the runway. So um, when we've flown uh, jets and all that there before, they've not been not been in the way, but, you know, they'd definitely be a lot better if they're not there. So um, that's all going to be cleared. I'm surprised they're actually there in the first place, being at an airport. They're quite close. One of the groups that is um, that has a, a spot, you know, one of the businesses has a spot there, you know, has been pushing to have them all gone anyway. So uh, the local council's come on board with it, so... Yeah. Okay. So let's. What are some of the other features? So when it comes to food and drink, the the Casino Model Aero Club will be catering, breakfast, lunch, that kind of stuff. You can purchase bacon, egg rolls, all that kind of thing. But then, what I do love is the pizza night held on site in the marquee uh, for pilots and crew. We sit down dinner. Will be at the. Oh no, that'll be another another night. So you're organising some some different dinners and stuff. It looks like uh, um, during the event. Uh, we've done that and. Um... You know, really, just to bring everyone, everyone together. It's um, it's probably a, it went off pretty well uh, last year with the with the pizzas um, that they uh, they did a deal, brought them all in, and you know, it's just all the pizzas you can eat. Um, we couldn't get wood fired pizzas, but you know, I think it'll be uh, just as good. And um, and then we've uh, organised a meal uh, in town. Uh, we couldn't get any caterers out there this year. There's some other big functions on, so uh, we've organised a uh, a meal uh, at a place in town as well. So for everyone, if they'd like to attend that one. Now, the other thing you've got is some marquees that people can rent. So you're getting some big marquees set up so that people have got an area uh, an area to pit, haven't you? Yeah. Um. We, so for both flight lines, we're um setting up um. Uh, I think we've organised about 50 metres worth of uh, marquees at six metres wide. Um, people are purchasing their um, their own space uh, in the marquees, you know, on either flight line. And so um, there will be a little bit of space in case we um, we have some major showers and, and other bits and pieces that, um, you know, people can get their models away without having to pack everything up. That's a good idea. I do like that. And what's this uh, business about golf carts? You can hire golf carts. Uh, yeah, um, they they were a bit of a um, 
a bit of a winner last year, um, especially um, for the distance to travel between the two. I got the idea from um, from Luskentire. We attended that a fair few years ago, and and the Luskentire event was just just brilliant. So I think um, it was definitely one that we uh, we took their idea and uh, you know moved to casino. Yeah, no, it's going to be a good event. Um, of course, I've double booked myself that weekend, haven't I? But um, but it's going to be a good uh, a good weekend. So if you if you've got some nice planes, you want to go to a great event with a whole bunch of other like minded people, you need to get on down to the Festival of Aero Modeling. I'm going to keep on plugging it all the way to the event because I think uh, it'd be great to see a good turnout. Now you can registrations are open at the moment. And it is suggested that you do register prior to turning up because it would help to know who's turning up, wouldn't it, David? Uh, it, it most certainly will. And also you um, you go into draw in the draw to win that $1,400 um, model of Pete Goldsmith, one of the, the big gliders. The, um, Tyson's got one. It's about uh, five and a half metres uh, wingspan. So, um, you know, enter early. You go in the draw to uh, to win the glider. Yeah, and that'd be it's a uh, I'm having to pronounce a Slingsby T45 Swallow. It's a Peter Goldsmith design, uh, which looks absolutely and utterly awesome. So now to to register for this event, I'll I'll tell everybody where they can go. Land down under Aerosports is helping out. So Tyson uh, and Geordie up there uh, in Queensland. Land down under Aerosports is helping out. And what you need to do is go to the Land down under Aerosports website. And click on the events tab, and you'll see Festival Air Modeling and Modeling and a link to the registration form. Uh, so that website is LDU Aerosports, A E R O S P O R T S dot com dot AU. And then you'll go to the events page, so it's forward slash events. Uh, and on there, you'll see the link to the uh, the registration form. So two flight lines, will be night flying, breakfast and lunch will be available, a couple of dinners that are be uh, coordinated. If you've got small or large scale planes, uh, if you're into aerotone, gliders, jets, helis, aerobatics, control line, it really is a festival of aeromodeling. So I really hope that uh, plenty of people can get up to casino. At the, there's something nice about flying at an airport, isn't there, David? Uh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. The um the outlook at casino, especially on sunset, is uh, is just amazing. So there's um there's plenty of other things to do for the family. So um it's you know just don't think of yourself when you come that way. But um you know there's uh there's a fair bit in town, so it's a it's a pretty big town. So there's many other uh, places to um go and see. Well, I'm just looking now. What's the drive from Melbourne? But uh, it, this is not a good reflection. I think it's. I think it's about 16 hours. Yeah, it's saying 16 hours. Um, but I don't know whether that's that might be extended because I'm looking at the map now on Google and because of the floods uh, up in that region at the moment, which casinos are a bit more north. But, yeah, uh, but it'll it'll drain away pretty quick. I think um, we actually, the last time we, uh, we drove to Mildura to pick up a big um, B-17 and we... we Happened to drive the quick way home around through Melbourne and and through um, through Sydney and with the new tunnel network through through Sydney was just amazing. Like it used to take three hours when you came to Sydney, but yeah, now it, it just don't stop. It just you just keep going. So the trip to uh, Casino, especially up the coast road, is probably the best way to go. That's true. Now, but I do have a suggestion for people. This is what smart people down here in South Australia, Western Australia, Victoria should do: is they should trailer pool. Someone who's got a big trailer, uh, 
put your planes, share the trailer, put some planes in there because it's actually not hard to get to casino if you're flying to Ballina and, and, the, and the, the airfares at the moment to get to places like Ballina are not too bad. So you could, you know, chip in with we some can fuel even, money. We can organise the uh, the big green bus. We've got nine seats, so we can all always organise the bus to to just uh, bring people backwards and forwards to the uh, to casino. Yeah, that would be a good idea. So yeah. Whichever way you can get there, just get there. Uh, and, you know, if you're in I Queensland. I think, you know, the best thing is people coming from Perth, hmm. yeah, that's dedication. Oh, that's, yeah, to, uh, that's major. I that's, think um, if that's I just, a major effort, so. If I type in Perth now, I'll just tell you how many hours is estimated. I'm always in Perth. Uh, just thinking now. 45 hours. Worth every bit of it. Oh. Look, it's a trip away. It, it's 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 the drive across. I took the bus and the trailer to an IMAC event in Perth, and uh, I didn't know I was going to do a head gasket at Gundawindi. <laughs> but um, you know, it took us seven days at sixty kilometres an hour, pulling over every fifteen minutes to put a bit more water in the uh, yeah. in the radiator. But um, the trip across to Perth was just just brilliant, and and to come back, you know, if you haven't done it, you need to do it. And um, and we need more people from Perth since they've released the borders so everybody can get out and actually do a bit of aeromotion. Yeah, they've rejoined Australia again. It's good to see. Yeah. And uh, and everyone coming up from Barossa will be uh, will brilliant as long as they bring up some wine with them as well. Of course. Yeah, that should be the entry fee. That's right. I was, actually, I was in Adelaide uh, towards the end of last year on a work uh, trip that I had to do there and um, had dinner with a um, bunch of customers and uh, – one of the guys was ordering the wine and he said, have you got any French wine? And we're sitting in Adelaide and, and we <laughs> gave him grief. We said, we didn't come all the way from wherever we came from to come to Adelaide to drink French wine. It was terrible. He didn't live it down. But uh, anyway, so there'll be plenty of parking, charging batteries. It says here power is very limited. So uh, you might need to bring a generator or something like that or off your car battery, etc. But um I think the main thing is, you know, we'll we'll make sure that everyone can, um, you know, put their trailer on the flight line. Uh, you know, we'll organise some security for the night, and um, you know, I think you know, we we've just um, we'd like to try and accommodate everyone's needs, but you know, we'll we'll just see as it goes. You know, with the uh, the numbers that turn up. So that's April twenty eighth. It's five days. It's five days. It's uh, April twenty eighth to May the second. And don't forget, uh, you've got to be MAAA members. Uh, so yes, normal... uh, all, all MAAA members. Yeah, so the normal, usual uh, fun fly kind of stuff. Uh, you'll have your, your insurance will be covered, et cetera, so uh, you'll be cool. So don't forget, register at ldu-aerosports.com.au. Go to the events page and you'll see the registration form. The other thing is... Uh, uh, on Facebook, um, it's being promoted a bit. Is it large? What's what's the what their Facebook page that people can join? Is it large scale? Um, oh. So we um, we run the um, Australian large scale um, models uh, Facebook page. Yeah. So um, it's it's really just you know evolved from that. I mean that's where we're using um, most of the promotional um, side of things to um, to get it out there for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So large scale Australian large scale models. If you get onto there, you'll uh, you'll see some more information. Yeah. All the casino there. casino events um, page as well. Yeah. Uh, casino airport. If you look up there on Facebook as well. 
Well, they seem to be very supportive of aero modelling up there at Casino. Uh, well, it helps when um, the, I think the president of the um, Casino Aero Club is uh, is a modeller as well. So I think that's a yeah, definitely helps. Are they are they shutting the airport down? So we have to stop for for planes coming in, uh, or or has that kind of um, they they put in the they put in the no tam, but um, there is some that will will come uh, come in and come and go. It's usually uh, one chap, so it's pretty cool to be close to the runway where you can where you can watch the occasional plane coming down. Um, but we um, you know we have the radios on both flight lines, so. Uh, the only thing is, you know, if there's something coming, we have to get down. We're always given a bit of notice, so it's no different from any other weekend that we have there. Yeah, no, it's going to be an awesome weekend. So I uh, hope it all goes well, and we'll keep on uh, reminding everybody about that event to make sure that as many people as possible can turn up. Now, Yeah, get in, get in early. If you need a golf cart, you know, get in early to um, to get your golf cart. They, um, they bring them down in groups of 12. Uh, that that he can get on the uh, the only place we can get them from is actually out here out of Brisbane. So, um, uh, if you any of the other stuff that you need um, with camping and other bits and pieces, that people that uh, do set up caravans we uh, for you. So we've actually experienced that a little bit when we go to Tin Can Bay. So people you can um, get online and they'll actually bring the caravan to site, set it all up for you, set the air conditioner, do all the power and, and do all that stuff. And all you have to do is uh, rock up there and sleep. Yeah, sounds like a good plan. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, okay, so what are your event plans this year? Are, you know, are you going to get down to some different events uh, interstate or uh, where's your focus? I think um, the hardest part is to um, – teed up with you know whatever aaron's uh, got going on so uh next month or this month next week we've got the um the pattern for the you know the tryout for the world the world team so i think um you know he's all eyes on on doing that he's got he's been teaching another young kid uh macklin to uh to fly f3a as well um so i think uh, there'll be a fair bit about that in the next two years you know we'll be uh, following um the pattern scene for a fair bit, uh, supporting any of the iMac, but there's not that much that we've um, got geared up. I, I wouldn't mind going down to one of the scale rallies down at Canberra. Um, I wouldn't mind uh, doing Shepherd and, and um, Jason Sagadak does an event in uh, Cobram. There's a big glider event that got cancelled last year, so I wouldn't mind attending that. Um, depends on what they're doing with Border Town. So um, I think the problem is we have so many, as a family, you know, we have so many different facets of the sport. It's hard to get to everything. But, um, you know, have bus, we'll travel. Yeah. I would love to see the Shepherd and Mammoth. Uh, what's that big? Is it a sop with or something that you've got? Uh, well, we've, uh, we've got to travel down to Melbourne um, next week to pick up a half-size sop with camel i think it is mm. i don't know you remember me i don't know names yeah. but we do have a fokker dr1 which is that 65 percent bill hempel uh, yeah bill hempel job that we'll have that at we'll have that at casino i would say um we we're taking look you know we we do have a fair few uh planes so but we can't fly them all so usually uh some of our friends from around the country, uh, we offer them the planes to 
to fly. So, you know, the main, the main rule is charge the batteries and, um, and just treat it as if it's their own. And, you know, um, wherever we go, that's probably the, the best thing is to be able to sit down and watch your plane uh, getting flown around the sky. Mm. So um, that's what we'll do at Casino. And, and uh, you know, if we travel down to Shepparton, you know, it's um, it's probably a, a great event to go to, um, the Shepparton event. So I wouldn't mind getting there again. Yeah, well... I think it's going to be well. It's plan. They're planning to run it. the uh, The notification for the event is out now, middle of September. I think that middle weekend in September. So it's always on my wife's birthday. Ah, oh, look, but she, doesn't she like model airplanes? She's surrounded. No, by she loves it when I go away. For her, it's like a birthday <laughs> present come true. Yeah, so. my wife's the same. She doesn't complain when I say I'm going to be away for the weekend, going to a flying event. Good, she no. says. So, mm. Yeah, no, I don't. I, look, she, I think of the. Um, go back onto the family and the travel bit. But I remember coming back from Tucson after the first trip and, and Cherie said, that was the best family holiday you could <laughs> ever have had. And, you know, to think you're going away flying is good. But um, I wouldn't mind doing Shepparton, I think. Uh, and the other thing I've noticed, that there's a fair bit of um, advertising for the Bansdale Club. And I've yeah. never been there, but I wouldn't mind. You know, I think um, I have the uh, – my sister lives at um, – Keylor, you know, down at Calder. Um, so I can, we can easily park our, our trailer down there and, um, and, you know, fly down and, and go and do a few events and, and then come idea. back. So, well, yeah, there's a, there's a few good events around down the traps down here. At, um, but yeah, we, we also, from, from down here, we look up at you guys up in Queensland and look at, you know, some of the events that you see at Tinkham Bay and a few other the fields. And, uh, we think, God, oh, wouldn't it be nice, you know, See, we have this challenge that we have this thing called winter that gets in the way. Well, every time it's winter, you anyone's quite welcome to come to our place. We can, you know, we've got a, a a nice little spot to come up here and um and share a couple of glasses of wine and and go out flying. So anyone's welcome. They just got to send us an in a uh, a um a request of invitation. Well, a good friend of mine from flying, he's just moved to the Gold Coast, so he'll be uh. He's, well, he's play, he hasn't got his planes up there yet. They're still stuck in Melbourne, so he's got to come back and pick them up. Uh, maybe Easter holidays or something, he might come down and grab them. But, um, but yeah, he's looking forward to, to hitting hitting the skies up there and enjoying some better weather than what we get down here. It's just so hit and miss at the moment in Melbourne. Yeah, well, you know, even as a, as a child growing up in Melbourne, that um, you know, there was never a weekend I didn't go flying. Um, you know, but, you know, I remember being at the back of Mount Hollaback, you know, probably blowing. 70 kilometers an hour and throw them a ricochet off you know so um i would just fly but when you come to queensland you get spoiled you know it um it's usually just perfect every day but it seems like you got still a, a connection with uh victoria oh i love the place i think you know if they if they got sunbury and they wrapped it up and brought it to queensland it'd be just perfect i mean sunbury the the history around sunbury is amazing i don't tend to find that history in queensland um probably not growing up here, but, you know, Sunbury to me was, was a perfect place, you know, 50 Ks out of, out of Melbourne, you know, 15 minutes to the airport. Um, it's not like that today. I don't, I don't believe, but you know, it was a great place to grow up. Well, a lot of pilots, I was, I was literally there last weekend. Um, I went out to go and pick up a jet ski from a bloke up there and, uh, and um, it's really expanded. Like there's a lot of new housing estates in the area and, 
I went through there to go to the Northern Flying Group, one of the fields up there at Daroy Gwim, one of the state fields down here. And um, and yeah, there's a lot of roadworks and all that. But it's still, it's still not bad if you know if you work at the airport or that side of town. It's a place to live, really. I think. Yeah, it's uh, well. I always found it was very central, and where we live here in Brisbane is is very much uh, similar. You know, we we're um, you know two k's to the highway, and then fifty k's to Brisbane, and there's no no traffic lights. Um, we are in the in the country, so you know, in um, in summer it's a bit a bit dry, but you know, it's usually always perfect perfect fine weather, and um, and. You know, it just makes it makes it great fun. We spend most really. We don't tend to go to any particular field. We usually just go to events. Is um, is what we do. I don't get as much building as what I should get done. I spend. I probably enjoyed setting up my garage for modelling more than what I've done <laughs> in in actual modelling in a home. And and I feel a bit guilty doing that. The SE five got so far. And I feel guilty if I go and do that. I should be up helping, helping Paul with the um, with the Vulcan true. stuff. Yeah. But it was beautiful the other week. He came, he came around home, and just him being there for the for the um, you know half an hour was, you know, he just gets you enthused about doing something. You know, there's there's no no holding back. That's true. That motivation factor is always something that I think most of us have to deal with, you know, if you speak to a lot of people that enjoy building, they'll have five different projects on the go because I'll start to sort of wane on one and then go, oh, well, I'll just start another model. But, um, yeah, if you've got something like a mate or something, it's, it's even like, the like I said earlier, the videos that you did, I was watching those going, oh, I really got to build something. And, of course, at the moment it's very hard for me. I just have time and space and all that kind of stuff we always talk about. But I, I looked at it and went, I reckon I could do that. Like David's shown me how to do it now. And there was a few pointers there that you gave. And I went, ah, that makes a lot of sense. And that motiv- motivates us. You know, YouTube's motivating a lot of people to do stuff. And, uh, you know, it's important. It's been, um, you know, I don't mind being the centre of attention, which is different to the rest of my family. So, you know, I... Um, I enjoyed doing the videos and enjoyed um, seeing so many other people get enthused about it. I feel, as I said, I've let it go because we've any spare time I've had um, during the week or whatever, I'll you know head out to Paul's. But um, I've got to get back down in the in the shed and and you know finish that SE five. The problem is that yeah, I like I'm pretty pretty. Um, how can I say it? Uh, anal about about my shed. I like it clean. You know, I've got the automatic vacuum cleaners that go around and clean the floor and everything. But but you know, every time I turn around, Bones has bought another bloody plane. In. I know it's his problem, Aaron. It's, 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 me. You got to you got to kick him out. He's got to say, no, get, well, get your own shed. Uh, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. But you know, it's uh, you just don't know um, where to turn or, or what to go, what to go and do next. And you know, I must say that. You know, it's only later on in life that we've been we've been able to to do that. You know, it's um, I think you know Aaron's put everything he has towards his planes because that's what he enjoys the most. You know? you know, for me, for me, it's a bit different. But I would like to be able to get in into my shed and just um, not have to fix anything. <laughs> that's true. It will well, happen. You, you know, like if you go and you, we got that big Connie there. 
yeah. you know, to go and get it flying, um, the best thing is we use the lithium ion batteries. Um, we've been using them now. The iMac, iMac taught us so much about the discipline and the basics for, for the era modeling. So we only use the lithium ion batteries. Um, the, the, they're the best thing because you can sit them there in four years time, go and get them and you know, they'll still be fine. The only thing is you can't leave them on, you know, once they go flat, well then, then they're no good. So we, we tend to use the same batteries in every plane. Um, so we can go and pick up a plane and, um, and know that all that side will be right. The only problem is, you know, you've got to service four engines. You've got to redo all of, because they're all using the petrol with the Tigon few, um, tubing, you've got to replace every single one, you know. So to get something like that going, if it's been sat there for at least, uh, you know, six months or 12 months, yeah, there's, a, there's a fair bit of time in doing that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we've come to the final question. It's a question that everybody can't wait to hear the answer to. And this is going to be a very, very interesting question for you because there's been so there's so many models to choose from. But what has been your favourite model? Uh, probably my old quarter-scale um, Tiger Moth. Oh, yes. So I, uh, I, I swapped it from a catamaran when I was uh, – Aaron was – he wasn't even born, so 30-odd years ago. Um, so I bought it, I swapped it for a chap out of, um, Albury Wodonga, I forget his name. Um, and, uh, it was the fuselage and, and two of the wings had been built, I believe. So, um, you know, we've, we finished that off. Um, Aaron would have been about five or six when I finished that off. And, you know, it still sits there on the, uh, sits there on the rack and, and, um, I always wanted it. Tiger Moth, I remember at the Futaba Trophy back in probably 1977, there was a bloke there with a 60 size pilot kit Tiger Moth. And I look at the old uh, Super 8 videos, and every loop was under head height. Hmm. And that was that was what I aspired to. So I got this Tiger Moth, and, and it, she's nice and light. It's got a fair bit of controls. We don't use the old Futaba radio in it anymore. Hmm. But, um, but I can do every loop at head height, and um, probably it's it's given me the most most enjoyment. You know, it's uh, it's had a few different motors since then. We've got the uh, FG twenty one in it now, but uh, yeah, it's probably it's probably the uh, the number one. Oh, I do love I do love a Tiger Moth. It is my favourite biplane, and it's another plane that can look very scale in the air. You know, like the Cessnas, I love the Tiger Moths in the air. Well, this thing's uh, pretty lightweight, and the um, everyone—it was amazing. You know, you see when you when you go and do something next minute, everyone's got a Tiger Moth, you know, and um, and they all get them because you know it. This thing looks pretty easy, but every time you give it to someone, um, and you know, probably more people have flown it than any other any other aircraft. No matter what age you are, I'll always hand them over a transmitter. And um, it's a fair bit of talent you, you need to fly that Tiger Moth straight. It's, they don't just fly, unless they've got a fair bit of weight to them, but they just don't fly dead straight. Well, David, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, and, you know, don't forget everybody about that uh, Festival of Aero Modelling, a casino. Uh, I'll keep on plugging it. So 28th to 2nd of May. And remember, get to the 
land down under aerosports ldu aerosports.com.au webpage click on the events tab and you'll see the registration form there and I, you know the couple of facebook pages there the um australian large scale uh, models page and also the casino uh, the casino model aero club uh, facebook page as well has information on it as well and no doubt if you're on facebook you can get on board and send a message if you need to know any more about the event but uh Pencil in your diaries, make your plans, get all your good planes. We want your good planes there, everybody, and head on down to the Festival of Aero Modelling. I think uh, I think we need to get a few you know, groups from each club. I think, you know, um, there's got to be something we can do. We might um, advertise something that, you know, if you get a group of five or six people come from one club, I think we've got to be able to look after them in a, in a good way. Um, so I think we'll put out something about that. But... We definitely, you know, need to do something to um, kick air modelling uh, along, and hopefully get a few younger ones uh, involved in it. I know you're pretty passionate about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm very passionate about uh, growing the numbers and stemming the decline, so that when I'm old, I'll have a place to go and fly. Just have you ever done? Have you ever done the night flying? I no, I've been at events when there's been night flying. I've got pretty bad eyesight, which of course is corrected with glasses, but there's something that happens at night where I don't see the lights very well, especially my prescription needs to be updated. But um, but no, but I think that, um, yeah, yeah, there is something about flying at night. It's beautiful. Well, the only reason that, um, you know, I, I bring it up is because, you know, Bones went to that thing at um, Tucson uh, the other week and they had the, uh, the big light um, towers. So... So he's tied a couple of big light towers, so we can uh, we can do the night flying at casino. So I'm sure that there's a plane down in the shed I can give you to uh, to come and fly and do your bit at night. Yeah, night flying is a great. Um, there's just something about it. As uh, I always say that when I've been to events, and especially when they're like multi-day events, and say down here in sort of you know daylight saving time, March, you know t- actually now around this time of year is flying at seven o'clock at night when the winds drop, the lights just starting to fade out and it's just, and you're in the country, you've got to be in a country location and it's dead yeah. quiet and it is just something that is just the best time to go flying. And then, you know, at these events where there's lots of people and you can continue to kick on and someone pulls the night flyer out, it's just, it's a social event. It's not just a flying event then, it's a social event. So flying at night is just, you know, I remember being in Pinaroo in South Australia and Marty Morgan put up this this yak that he set up as a night flyer and, and I was giving him heaps about his his yuck, as I called it, and and he, he flew around or, and... Um, and we all just sit there and heckled him and just had a massive laugh. And, and you know, that's what we do at flying events. We just heckle each other. And But it was just, it was memorable. That's the thing. I always say that life's about creating memories. And we always remember that, you know, that, that story that I just told was just one little snippet that is extremely memorable from an event that um, that I went to. And so no doubt Casino is going to produce a whole bunch of others. Yeah, the, the best night flying I'd ever seen was uh, our first time at Tucson and uh, on the Saturday night um, I felt a bit sorry for the caterers because they hadn't uh, been getting the numbers there. So I'd organised this um, this meal. We had, I'd sold something like 75 tickets at 25 bucks a, a head and, you know, they did a big spread. And it was the same night that the Tucson Rocketry Club were out there doing a um, doing their rockets. 
Um, Aaron had said to me that there was this bloke there by the name of Yuri Yaguchi. He's, um, I don't know the full name, but you can look him up on the uh, on YouTube. Anyway, so I've teed up for this bloke to come and do a night display, and um, which is all good, and I didn't realise there was that many people there. But, you know, there was um, 75 people having meals, but then there was 200 people there watching the rockets. Next minute, Yuri Gucci gets out in the middle of the runway and um, no speakers, no microphones or anything. And, and uh, next minute, I turn around and there's about 300 people sitting on the edge of the runway with Yuri Gaguchi taking off doing Harriers and there was no there was no uh, spotlights. And also I can remember in the background was Richo saying to me, have you got this covered, Dave? I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, it's true. So old mates, old mates doing these, you know, I don't know what they're all called, but, you know, only you blokes with your 3D stuff know what the manoeuvre's called. But he's, he's throwing this thing around and there's, you know, 200 people on the ground um underneath on the on the strip and and uh i wasn't feeling so happy at the moment at that time (laughs) so i can only guarantee that that won't happen at casino yeah no no it'll be right it'll be right but it was a memorable moment so i hope everyone comes to casino and uh and enjoys themselves and you know it's about yourself you know i think um most people have had it pretty hard for the last couple of years so i think it's time to um to get out of your own local club and and come and come and enjoy yourself and take yourself on a holiday and maybe take the family and meet them at the Gold Coast after the event. See, you've got all bases covered there. So it's going to be a great event. Looking forward to it. Stay tuned to the Flat Out RC channels. I'll uh, keep on spruiking it and uh, we'll see if we can get some numbers there. So all the best with it, David. Yeah, thanks for that. And uh, Andrew, really appreciate what you do with um, with your broadcasts and, and what you do for promoting air modelling in Australia, I think. I think we need a few more people like yourself out there doing that. Thank you, David. I'm just having fun doing it. That's why I keep on doing it. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, if I can help out along the way, I'm more than happy to. So uh, all the best with it. All the best. And thank you very much for the time. We'll see you at Casino. See you, everyone, at Casino. About to leave. Already packing. Come with me. I'm not really asking. We'll get away. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. And what an episode it has been. Thanks to David Gale for joining me. Really enjoyed that chat. And we found out more about the Festival Era Modeling. If you want to go to a really big event, and I've, I forgot to mention this, and this has happened after the recording, is that we do have um, Martin Pickering is coming out to Australia. Uh, for the event he's been invited by uh, the organizers and he has accepted and I know that Martin and his partner who's a gun 3d pilot uh, helicopter pilot that is coming out to the festival of aero modeling I should have mentioned this earlier I will mention again next week but Martin Pickering who's been on the podcast a number of times we might see if we can get him back on either before or after to see how the experience was coming down under uh, Absolutely awesome pilot, good guy, very knowledgeable, very good at flying aerobatics. We'll do some amazing demonstration flights, as will his partner. So welcome down under, Martin Pickering. We can't wait to have you down here. So another reason to get involved with the Festival of Aero Modeling, which is happening on the 28th of April to the 1st of May. And don't forget to register at Land Down Under Aerosports website. And of course, do I have the website in front of me? No. I'm going to have a look. Land Down Under 
under. Anyway, have a look at Google search land down under Aero Sports, and you'll get to their website and go to their events page, and you'll see the uh, registration page. So they're helping you out utilizing utilizing their website. Here it is: LDU aerosports.com.au ldu aerosports.com.au go to the events page you'll see a registration page for the uh the festival of aero modeling at casino up there in northern new south wales get on down enough of my yakking subscribe to everything youtube flat uh facebook and instagram all the flat out rc channels and we'll be back next week with more